Welcome to the API experience. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the API experience. Also, welcome to 2024. My name is Matt McClarty. I'm the CTO of Boomi, and it's great to have you here. As always in this new year, it's great to have Mr. Mike Amundsen. Mike, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm ready for the new year. It's going to be exciting. We're uh, looking at a whole new era, which is another trip around the sun, I guess. So I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> Indeed. I think, uh, you know, did you have any big activities over the festive period or took it easy? No, actually, I, yeah, I just kind of took it easy. Uh, the uh, The whole... January uh, time frame, December, January, I call it my sharpening of the saw. I'm reading a lot of material. So I was, I was like diving into uh, things like AI and, and brain chemistry and all sorts of other things. So I had a lot of fun. I've got, I'll have lots of things to talk about in the coming months, but primarily I was just focusing on uh, enjoying the downtime before the year starts. Fantastic. How about you? Fantastic. Yeah. A little bit of the same, uh, you know, good, had some good break, great family time, uh, ate way too much in the first half and then, you know, tried to you know, use that guilt and shame to, uh, motivate myself to clean up the eating a bit in the second half. I'm working on a book. And so yeah. I had a lot of pressure to deliver there, which with all the procrastination options available during the holiday time, <laughs> I was able to do some of that work, but also a lot of those procrastination things, jigsaw puzzles, a galore. So no, it was a great, it was a great time, but it's, Excellent. It is quite exciting to be into this new year now. I think we're, um, you know, it's it's. I don't know. Maybe we maybe we mark the start of years now by uh, by you know we're in we're in the year of one. What would it be? Uh, one CG post Chat GPT. Oh, okay. Like, All right. It was like okay. uh, you know, so you know, it's probably a lot of excitement ahead for the technology world this year, or maybe uh, you know we start to get into that trough of disillusionment around AI a bit. But anyway, in the world of APIs, there's there's lots going on. So it's lots. And we've got it, we've got a very interesting topic today. I think um, you know, one of the things that that we see, you know, especially from our perspective, having been in the API space for so long, is we kind of expect that, you know, APIs are a given. Everybody knows about APIs, but not everybody does know about APIs. And and our topic today uh, although you know, title-wise, it's it's going to sound a bit <laughs> sound a bit <laughs> funny. Our, our title today is actually "Curiosity and the Cat API." Right. Uh, but but really, this is this is an episode talking about learning and education around APIs and the fact that you know because there's APIs are so important in the world now in the digital space. Uh, it's really important that everybody understands how to learn, how to use them, how to build them. And, you know, so our, our guest today is, has done some really interesting work to uh, create an API that's being used by people to learn, by organizations to learn. And, you know, earlier earlier in the season, I think it was episode two, right? We had our first guest. One of our surprise yeah. guests on that episode was Louis the Cat. And so I'm sure yes, maybe right. maybe Louis is, is out there listening to this episode. Uh, so He's anyway, curious. 
<laughs> he's curious. He's, he's curious. He was certainly curious on that show. Anyway, um, so our, our guest today uh, to talk about this uh, cat API that's being used by people to learn is Aiden Forshaw, who is the CEO of the appropriately named That API Company. So Aiden, welcome to the API Experience. Thank you, fellas. Um, and happy 2024, Year of the Dragon, I think it is. So yeah. health, strength, and good fortune. It is there a big go. one for sure. That is that is definitely significant. I guess we're we're almost into the Year of the Dragon, but yeah, that's that's uh, definitely going to be exciting. So thanks for joining. Um, as you you know, if you've heard any of our episodes, you know where we're going first. Um, I think, and I think you have a very a very interesting background to share. We always love to to understand for members of the global API community, you know, how did you get here? What was your journey into this API economy? Great question. Uh, so one of my first jobs, um, I actually trained to be a social worker in a, you know, what feels like a past life now, wow. um, was teaching special needs kids. And the classroom software was trash, absolute trash. So <laughs> I ended up building... Um, a flash app you know flash was still pretty popular you know aging myself that was nearly 20 years ago um to teach them to teach the kids how to cross the road you know basic life skill you want them to be safe mm-hmm. but uh they as you would expect had no interest in learning that you know that was just just not in, interesting at all until um i let them upload their own photos and put their put themselves into this process of crossing the road mm-hmm. now that required you know back end a web service you know, image uploading, all those sorts of things. Um, and that's really where I started working on building backends. Um, so back then, I think that was PHP. And it's not the PHP that's, that's available now, let's put it that way. It's, um, <laughs> you know, clearly pretty clunky. But um, that really sort of struck home for me, the value of standardization, secure backend services in what was XML. Certainly when um, I released on the web for free, uh, people sort of, you know, found that quite quite useful in in that ecosystem, and then for me that helped me get a foothold into you know agency work, and then I worked for companies like Dyson, Nokia, got into the defense industry for a bit, um, and then started companies. Wow, so so if I if I understand your your sort of entry into this API and writing backends and uploading stuff was you were you had a, a problem to solve, you were actually trying to. You were trying to teach some other people something, and it turned out that writing some technology would fill the gap you needed, right? Is that, is that really kind of the idea? That's exactly it. I love it. I love it. So so you, you've got this upload tool. You were using this uh, to, to get people engaged in learning something. Now, that leads me to what is so what is the CAT API? So the, you didn't tell the story of the CAT API. That's something else. What? What is the CAD API and what, if anything, is, is the meaning or the intention of what you're doing uh, here when you've got this, this other uploady API here? Yeah. So a friend of mine and I, we had started a company that was doing interactive video. So YouTube was just sort of coming up at the time, but our whole thing was, well, why can't you click on the video? You know, video of a music video, why can't you click on the guitar, find out what kind of guitar it was, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and at the time, that was getting... Yeah, we get a reasonable scale because um, we were also doing live streaming. We had Madonna's first live stream online in the UK and, and wow. you know, some other stuff like that. Um, 
But, you know, back then, auto scaling, you know, serving and, and cache invalidation, media optimization, you had to roll most of that your own. You know, mm. it wasn't available as, yeah. um, as beautiful AWS services or GCP, et cetera. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I sort of thought, okay, well, how do I test these things at scale? Well, the internet likes, you know, cats. Okay, let's run with that. <laughs> and that, that was really it, to be honest, fellas. Brilliant. And then, then after that, you know, you, you really should start talking to the users who sign up, and that kind of led on to that raison d'etre that it is today. You know, that reason exists is to give developers who are learning, who are coming up, that next generation of developers, something fun to code with, you know, reliable to use, they can demonstrate their skills with it. They can make some fun apps. They can submit that, you know, with their CV. They can uh, do coding sort of tests and things like that with it. And that's, yeah, that's that's really what we keep coming back to, and why we, yeah, why we keep the servers alive, really. Awesome. And you, I mean, so for for everyone out there, and we'll include this in the in the show notes. Um, you know, you've got there's a there's a great blog kind of explaining the. The history of the cat API, which I know I shared previously on social, but we'll include with this, um, which is really good. There was, and I think it's great, like like the way you're describing it there, you know. And 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 Mike alluded to this, how like you got a problem to solve. You're really taking that results orientation. It's like, well, you know, how do we drive adoption? Internet loves cats. Okay, let's get a cat API. Let's do that. And then, you know, kind of digging into what, what people are, you know, jobs to be done kind of thinking around that um, and, and building the incentives in so people can see that, okay, well, this is a sharing opportunity for me. I get to, to, to not only learn something, but share what I've learned. There was something that must have happened in the summer of 2018 where the, the usage just took off. It spiked. It was like an elbow in the curve there. What was it that, that happened and created that big growth curve? Yeah, great question. So, you know, like most developers, I just wanted to do the code, you know, not, not the marketing. I didn't want to write blog posts <laughs> or anything like that. So, so I figured there must be a better way. So I started looking at the referrers and, and all that kind of stuff. And I started seeing that most of the referrers we were getting were from GitHub projects. You know, people had written code mm -hmm. with it and put it up mm -hmm. there. Um, and mm -hmm. so the, the sort of thought came to me, well, why don't I amplify their projects instead of, you know, writing yet another blog post? Mm -hmm. So I figured, okay, amplify them. And how, to, how best to do that without, you know, making a Twitter bot? Well, let's make a community to share this in. And so we tested a load of things. We tested a discourse forum, tested, you know, all sorts of, of different ways, um, Slack, et cetera. Uh, and really what it came down to was Discord is the one that's worked for us. Yep. Developers of that, that nature, they're young, the, and Discord really, really resonates with them over something like a Slack mm -hmm. or a, certainly a Teams, let's put it that way. <laughs> so we've we've knuckled down on Discord, uh, and we've got nearly two thousand people in our Discord forum now. Wow! It's just you know, a chat group, really, and we use that as a way to share other projects that people have made, uh, and most importantly, we use that a way to run things like uh, competitions. So we run a competition every month, and it's, you don't have to pay a lot of money. Yeah, I think we've we've got a prize of one hundred and fifty for. for first place and 100 for second and people are really really interested in just getting their projects out there getting them done getting them built and what we found is that compounds over time so that those github repos with the code 
compound and compound and compound over time. And so that's our, our number one adoption, really. You know, you can have all the blog posts in the world, but actual code out there is what really has worked for us. And the proof point actually has been, you know, in 2023, ChatGPT, if you ask it to write you a JavaScript app that shows cat pictures, it'll tell you to use the cat API. It'll tell you, go to thecatapi.com, sign up to it, get an API key, and write this code. And that's, you know, that that for me was the, the kind of, you know, really big signal that we want. Wow, the right and there, I'm sure OpenAI is paying a windfall of royalties for, for the, uh, you know, <laughs> utilizing the... <laughs> well, they... I should know. They, well, they haven't been knocking on our door. Let's put it that way. We, yeah, we've got a huge database of, of both cat and dog, um, you know, breed information. You know, which smarter than which? You know, what's the sort of, you know, hair will make you cough, and what's best for families, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, we. I spent quite a bit of money on that researching over the years. You're know, pulling historic books out of the archive. Um, wow. from like, you know, 1920, when there's a book with a hundred different dog breeds showing the relative smarts. Um, but we give all that information away for free. So if people want it, they can come and get it. Amazing. The, now, the one thing that, that you, you, we didn't sort of catch there in the growth story, which is amazing. I think there was a, you know, when, when things started to spike, it probably like alarm bells were going off, like what's going on. And I think you tried to throttle developers, but you know, they always find a way in, right? Well, that was that was definitely it. And certainly in the early days, the the API was still hosted on this what I call a comedy hosting outfit down in Germany, um, and they had foolishly <laughs> advertised unlimited bandwidth. So I was just you know letting <laughs> images be uploaded up to there. And the DB, you know, it was a MySQL database that was just maxing out, and I had to to needed to shard it, and it was just getting super painful. Um, so you know, and I, was, I had a startup that I was trying to build at the same time. So. So the, the hosting company kept calling me and saying, hey, you've been hacked. And I was like, why? And they're like, well, the traffic's massive. It can only be a hack. And I'm like, well, it's not. It's cats. And so, you know, I'm trying to raise money for this other company. And I've got this cat API. So I just turned off signups in the site, just in the UI front end code. Mm-hmm. And But people kept fuzzing the API. You know, they kept going, okay, API slash sign up slash, you know, register yeah. slash this, you know, going at all wow. the different parameters that they could in the payload and just getting signups, you know. So I'd see these signups come through and it was just, you know, there's a description there and people going, haha, I managed to, to find out how to, how to sign up. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, eventually then I was able to, to turn that back on and, um, you yeah, move over to a decent hosting company and, yeah, off we went. It's kind of a, you know, careful what you wish for kind of, kind of tale, right? <laughs> It's it's the opposite of you build it, they will come. They will come no matter what. Right? <laughs> if, they, if you've got something that people want, you got to be careful. I, I I love this. Now, this is you, you mentioned the chat GPT thing, which is, I think is, is a hilarious validation, right? It's like, yeah, this is this is how ubiquitous, <laughs> this is how popular, this is how functional and workable this really is. Now, there's another side to this as well. You were talking about fuzzing the registrations and stuff like that. You image classification and moderation of content and all those things back when you were doing this are nothing like it is today. How did you, how did you, did you review the uploaded pictures? How did you manage, how did you manage what was coming in as people were using it? What was, what was, you know, were they really only serving cats and dogs or was there something else going on? Yeah, that, that, that's a funny thing. Cause yeah, you give people an endpoint. 
where they can upload anything and they will they'll, they'll just upload yeah. anything you like and and so i was i had this video hosting company on on the side that would let people do the same with video um and thankfully we had lawyers there so i was able to piggyback <laughs> the kind of legal process yeah. you know the key things you you know you don't have a human look at look at anything that's been flagged as mm. as dodgy right. and and things like that mm. so i was able to kind of get the legal stuff in aligned and then yeah, I was, I was using what was an early version of image classification, which was this um, process on OpenCV, which is like this open computer vision library. Oh, um, okay. You give it a ton of training images and it will detect things in them, um, which is an ideal case for, for that video company as well. Hmm. However, it produced quite a lot of you know, false positives for, um, for cats right. that were skin colored. You know, once like a sphinx mm. or something like that. So, you know, as you can mm. imagine, um, it was a pretty dodgy game of Russian roulette um, <laughs> investigating those. You know, you never know what you'd see. So, thankfully, um, around 2016, both AWS and Google released APIs for recognition and vision, respectively. And I was able to use those early versions to at least see if wow. they were you know, not safe for work and then you know, just mm. bin those straight away. And then start doing the the building of the libraries on top for the different breeds. Yeah, you know, certainly with dogs it's easier because you get large dogs, small dogs. You know, they're all they're all bred for a purpose over the you know, millennia that, that humans have been breeding dogs. Cats, yeah, they're all roughly the same sort of shape. Yeah, you know, a variety of colours, so it's a, it's a bit tougher um, to just just sort of distinguish the breeds. But um, definitely a cat is a bit easier. Nowadays, it's kind of gone the other way. The problem is AI-generated material. Mm, like yeah. both those systems, sure, they'll say it's a cat, but they won't tell you it was AI-generated. So right, yeah. that's that's kind of a – it's gone the other way now. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's the next problem that we're, we're looking at. I just, I, I just want to say, now, you know, you've gone from this position of – uh, building something that you just wanted to get up, you need you needed to solve a problem. Then you end up having to use other tools, other APIs like the AWS recognition and Google Vision and OpenCV and other mm. things in order to you know solve that problem. So now you're an API consumer, and then mm. you know we to, to kind of put the capper on it. ChatGPT says you're the cat api this is like you're just kind of like walking up the spiral of, of scaling in the internet and it, it is all proof as as you know is the background of the story the internet loves cats <laughs> oh boy yeah so so the i, I was going to say the same thing mike like yeah it, it, what, you needed something you found the apis for it it's like it's a great api story now you know, you you started out kind of thinking about, oh, you know, here's a way to educate people about APIs, how to use them, how to build them. Um, you you talked about how you know the moment of amplifying the community and you know taking what was being built with the API and spreading that. I mean, has the mission expanded really to you know how how is, what's the educational impact beyond just the API? Like, you think are are other people using it? for, for uh, their own education? Yeah, I get lots of lovely, really lovely emails from people all over the world um, saying that they've used it to teach refugees to code in, in places like Holland and, you know, girls who code, uh, code camp, after school clubs. 
you know, all those sorts of things, which is which is really, really nice. Um, so, yeah, we get unsolicited inbound feedback from those things. And then also what we do is we look at the analytics. You know, APIs should be treated as a product nowadays. And if you're not, then, you know, it's 2024. So, you know, we look at the clumps of signups that come together and we see huge classrooms of, of users signing up together, you know. That might be an email that ends in at, SAP or at John Deere or something like that. And then you mm. see 20 others for in the same couple of minutes and you go, mm. okay, well, they're obviously running an internal training, mm. you yeah. know, in their company today. Um, and so you see that sort of usage for, for a couple of hours and, and hopefully they've all gone away and learned something. So you, you know, we, we get the ability to kind of infer a lot of things as well, which is, which is really nice. And so the big lesson for us is if you can build an API, like there's tons of APIs that get released for free on Hacker News every day, right? But they, mm -hmm. they have a half-life of about you know, 10 days. So if you can demonstrate that you can build a service that's around for a long time, you know, you don't get tarnished with the Google brush of launching a new service and then people expecting it to go, then people start to invest in that API. Um, and so yeah, we've even gone as far as putting aside 10 years worth of, of you know, server costs into a bank. Yeah. So if I, you know, if I passed away tomorrow, the the, the API would still exist for the next 10 years at least. This is the API experience brought to you by Boomi. So, so if, let me just make sure, not, not only have you committed to uh, keeping this API around, so people, that is another level of sort of usage, right? People learn to depend on it. They incorporate it into their own things. You're, you also basically just said that you're making sure that, you know, sort of in perpetuity, like even beyond um, one individual, this API is still going to hang around for a while. That's that's another sort of le lesson story in API and in API products, right? Is this notion that there's this not just legacy, but there's also this future that you have to kind of invest in that people have to trust in, right? Absolutely. And to be blunt, you know, this is the only reason why we introduced the paid plan is because we, we kept getting email from people going um, or in the in the community saying hey I'm making this project for you know my my class or my coursework is the API mm -hmm. going to be around and up next week when I show it to my to my class mm -hmm. you know to my mm -hmm. to my tutors and yeah I can say these things but people need to believe it and so yeah the, mm -hmm. the truth of it is if you have a premium plan people believe that it will be around for a lot longer. Um, and so that's when we actually introduced the premium plan to kind of assure people. And now you know, we get a lot of companies signing up to, to use the premium plan. And that was just sort of a side thing. I, I'd sort of committed to funding it from our agency revenue forever, but actually, you know, it's very, very self-funding now. That's, a, that's, that's, I just have to say, I, I mentioned off the top of the book that I'm working on with my uh, friend, Stephen Fishman, like, we were interviewing Google Maps API product managers from the early days. That's exactly the same case. Google Maps API was going to be free and was free. And it was users that said, we demand a paid service for that exact reason. <laughs> we're going to depend, we're going to have our business depend on it. We, we're going to pay for it to, as, a, as like an insurance policy that it will be there. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely true. So... We, we, I mean, we've been talking about this CAT API, and, and I, I'm hoping that listeners are paying attention. There are all these great lessons in API company, API products, customers, 
avoiding the you build it, they will come kind of attitude. Now, in 2019, something else happens. You found another company, right? And, and that is literally that API company, right? What is, what is going on there? And how, does, how did CAD API lead to that? Yeah, I um, I just finished at um, another company I'd, I'd founded and I'd moved to Australia and I'd taken a bit of a break and I was working for, I was helping out a lot of charities and those charities needed some help with their APIs. So I did that. And then, you know, some, some actual companies started asking me to, to sort of consult and engage with them. So I thought, okay, well, time to start another company and um and, and here we are really so yeah started another company that, that just focused entirely on apis and, and thought mm. okay well how do we wrap up all the learnings i've got from all these companies mm. that are founded the and the cat api and the dog api and wrap up all of that experience into a company and just hyper niche it make it super hyper niche and and at that time you know, we had a lot of people engage us just for building work but really mm-hmm. You know, nowadays it's pretty easy as a developer to spin up an API. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, as a developer myself, I can say this: if you give a, the development team the responsibility of of writing that API, they will write that API, but it won't have everything around it. It won't be a product. It will not yeah. be a product. And so, and that's not a, a knock on them. That's just they've got tons of other things to do. They will write you the protocol and have all the right design considerations, but it will not be a product. And so that's where that API company is really. It's, it's, it's now evolving into supporting our clients with what we're calling sort of fractional um, API product managers, because I'm, I'm not sure it's ready for most companies to have a full-time one, mm. but definitely having access, just might you, might you, you know, employ a fractional CTO, having access to that experience to help look at your documentation, your community, your monetization, your, your design patterns, making sure you're not giving away too much data in the response that should actually be another product, all those sorts of product questions. Uh, and so that's where we're really going with that company. That's awesome. Um, we've alluded to this, and I you know this is a bit of a, <laughs> a fun question, but there is a dog API. Right. I mean, the internet loves cats, but people love dogs too. So I got to ask the question. I know the dog API came a bit later. Who's winning? Like, who's, is there a different growth curve? Like, what's, what's, what's cats versus dogs? That was a movie, right? I mean, the, the dirty secret of that is the dog API is probably an eighth of the traffic that the cat API does. Oh. However, Wow. However, it does generate as a percentage of signups more premium signups. I think that's really? because there's more businesses associated with dogs than there are cats. You know, we get um, a lot of specialist vets that sign up, dog oh, walking services, right. um, insurance companies, things like that. And then when you talk to insurance companies, they, they definitely rank dogs, then cats, um, and then equine, you know, horses as, as number three. And then wow. you know, there's a huge list of, of them that, that go further. But um, yeah, so the dog API is definitely popular, but in a different way. That's very, I, so I think the, the correlation of the uh, dog 
people, cat people and their buying tendencies and all that. Ooh, I bet yeah. there's a whole other story there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cat, I'm a cat owner myself. And um, the, the dirty secret with cats is they definitely prefer to play with the box that you buy <laughs> the incredibly expensive toy in rather than the toy. And so eventually as a cat owner, you just get sick of it. Um, so you just keep buying, yeah, you get them an Amazon box when it comes in the post and, and then exactly. <laughs> So, so now we've talked a lot about cats and dogs and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that's coming out from all of this is how you've kind of, you have your lived experience is sort of the API experience. It's, it's sort of, sort of the API landscape, um, you know, just seen through the eyes of, uh, you know, cats and dogs, apparently. So with, now that you founded this company, what trends are you seeing? What, what, what are you learning from the people who are signing up at that API? And, and what, what do you kind of see looking forward here uh, uh, for the API space? Yeah, really good question. So in 2023, a lot of our clients all started talking about AI and how they could, you know, interact that. But um, once you dug into the surface, a lot of them didn't want to use um, ChatGPT because of the, you know, their perceived perceptions about their users um, and mm -hmm. the data going into it. And so really, it's the it's the actual data that goes into these models is is the main thing, not just using AI and API. Because you know, as you guys know, APIs throw off a ton of exhaust data not just mm -hmm. the kind of usage yeah. data, the you yeah. know, SLO graphs, but yeah. that data, that usage data on your per customer, you're treating it like a product again. If you merge that data with your own first party data that you have about your customers and about other things they do, then feed that into your ML models, you can actually make your product an awful lot better rather than just pulling ChatGPT or BARD off the shelf. Um, and just integrating that as an API endpoint. So that's that's definitely a big trend I would look at. You know, as an example, I saw you know, Matt present um, Boomi GPT, and mm. you know you had accumulated the metadata from every single API to API connection that your customers have created over the years, you know, over the huge amount of years. Mm. And now you're able to use that usage with that usage data to automatically create those workflows, which you know, for your customers, will be phenomenal um so just just that productivity angle is going to be huge as well so my advice there make sure you're logging any any more data so your mosif would would tell you i, I love the ceo mosif he'll tell you treat your api like a product and log more data about every request you're getting log more metadata requests that you're getting do feature engineering on your api customers um and the data that they send obviously you know you with with respect on that data so so that would be my first big trend that, that we're seeing people are talking the buzzwords about api but once you dig into it it's actually the data that goes into those gpt systems that that should be the big thing and then finally it's that you know time to that people are starting to understand api as a product like i say if you give an api to a developer they'll nail the mechanics of it then they'll choose the right protocol they'll make sure it scales for days but you know it won't be a product um mm. and so treating it like a product with the right contracts you know i was just chatting to a client the other day and they it was in the, the travel industry and they said the first api they gave to developers to build and they just had very minimal 
sort of contracts around that. And now they're trying to start to deprecate fields and make the API, API better, but their API customers don't want to give up those old fields. And because the contracts mm -hmm. weren't written at the time and nobody thought yeah. about it as a product, that customer won't change. And mm -hmm. yeah. and so I, I hear this a lot from, from clients. They're, they're just the pitfalls. You can get something up really quickly, but it's worth taking that bit of extra time to treat it as a product. Um, so yeah, that that's I think finally coming through as well, which is which is great. Yeah, I I think the it is great that 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 advice has been out there for a long time. But I think yeah. the the traction is growing tremendously. And I think Mike, you had you know there was the whole API product track at, at API days we right. talked about. Yeah, exactly. We talked about it uh, in the last episode that that's the first time I've seen a dedicated track at one of these API events. It may not be the first time it's happened, but it was packed, uh, standing room only throughout the entire day. So I think you're, you're right on Aiden in the sense that, uh, and I love the way you, you, you sort of put it at developers will nail the mechanics. I think that's fantastic because that's their wheelhouse, right? That's their, that's the thing they do. Um, uh, but adoption of, you know, users, understanding users and understanding, the way, the way we've talked about it here very often is um, solve, solve the user's problems, not yours kind of kind of attitude to start. And then uh, that gets you to that, to that product space. So it should be, very, should be very interesting to see the convergence of both your talk about AI fuel, fuel really, the data, right? And mm. how, how adding data, if you collect metadata and adding data to your system, and you have an API as a product attitude where that can lead people. I'm sorry. I'm very excited about the way you, you describe those two things. 100%. In fact, I think your O'Reilly um, article on APIs of product is excellent reading. I think people should should share that around a little bit more. There you go. Uh, is, is, is the O'Reilly one... Um, what what is a product or what was a product API? It was, yeah, it was yeah yeah exactly. Yeah. I think you did it with the founder of Mosif and and I found oh, it yeah. compelling reading. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh that that's exactly right. I I've done a handful of things with them. Yeah, I got you. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. That's right, Mike. <laughs> Mike, oh, with an O'Reilly, it's like there's a there's a whole library there. But that's great. And I you know I just I want to underline again the point you made around the metadata or the exhaust data. Love that term with APIs. I think it's an that's an totally under, is this a word? I'm oh, sorry, misunderstood or, or under understood, yeah. <laughs> which is we look at APIs as sources of data, right? You, oh, I have data. Mm -hmm. I want to expose it out there. People can consume my data. Anytime people consume an API, they're providing data. And mm -hmm. like, the more yeah. that you collect around that, the more like that is very powerful information. And as you said, it's, it's contextual information and, you know, practical AI thrives on contextualization. You can, you can get, you can get chat GPT to write a limerick about a cat for sure. But if you want uh, these foundational models to produce useful results, they're going to need the more contextualized the data, the more models right. are grounded, the more useful the results are going to be. So that's a great point. Anyway, so mm. this is, I've, I've, uh, I've, this has been a really fascinating, uh, fascinating episode. Great insights for that API company. Um, you've, you've talked about some of the services you provide. I mean, what, what is the best way for our listeners to engage if they would like to benefit from your expertise 
uh, through the company. So, you know, you can join our Discord server. So you can go to thecatapi.com and just you know, join the community from there. We give away you know, as much advice. I'm, all, I'm always on there, so you can always ask me a question on there. You know, we give away as, as much free code as we can, as much free examples, as much free as advice and questions about using APIs or building APIs. So feel free to, to pop onto there or just go to thatapicompany.com and um, you know, seek me out from there. You can always get in contact at ADEN at thatapicompany.com. Fantastic. So thank you so much, Aiden. This has been great. Uh, I, you know, it's like I said, it's a it's a fun title, but it, this is episode has just been packed with tremendous insights, and it's been great having you on here. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, you, I am a long time listener. You know, first time caller. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, big fan. So thanks for having me on. Perfect. Thanks so much, Aiden. Thank, thank you, Mike. Uh, yep. And and of course, happy New Year to all. Uh, we hope you got as much out of this as. We did, definitely, and we look forward to bringing you the next API experience. Bye for now.